0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Founder Stories. I am super grateful that you are here today listening to this conversation. So thank you for coming. Our guest today is my very dear friend, Yotam Seg, founder and CEO of a great company called Sierra. Sierra, a little over three weeks back, came out of stealth mode with a huge announcement of a big raise of $60 million from Sequoia, Excel, and a few others. In our conversation You're going to learn so many incredible things about Yotam and Sierra. Yotam is a first-time founder, and he goes into his guiding principles of how he's going about building a startup, the culture of the company, and so many other incredible things. So grab a pen and paper, take some notes, because you are going to learn a lot. Yotam, thank you for this amazing conversation. I am truly grateful, and I'm very, very grateful for our friendship. I am very excited to announce that on May 22nd until June 8th, I will be in Israel based out of Tel Aviv. So if you are around, please reach out to me. I would love to meet up with you. And I'm very excited to announce that on May 23rd, we will be hosting a cyber event called Cyber Night Out with the most amazing, amazing founders on an incredible panel and Yotam's co-founder Tamar Bar-Ilan Will be on that panel together with Nadir Israel from Armis, Lee Capone from Siri Data, and multiple others. So if you happen to be May 23rd, 6:30 p.m. in Tel Aviv, make sure you come to this event because it's going to be absolutely epic. The link to sign up is on my LinkedIn profile. So go to LinkedIn, search Ephraim Yarmak, and the link to sign up is over there. So I hope to see you May 23rd. This recording is brought to you by the Goodness and Kindness Foundation. If you're walking down the street smile to a stranger, do a good deed for someone else. Let's all strive to make our impact in this world in order to make the world a better dwelling place for everyone. After you listen to the entire conversation, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Hey everyone, I'm super, super excited today to have with us a very, very special guest. If you have not been looking at the tech news over the past two, three weeks, you've definitely been living under a rock. Today, we have an absolute rock star. His name is Yotam Segev. And go ahead, Google his name, search on LinkedIn, and you'll see everything that he has done, that he's going to accomplish, and everything that's currently happening right now. Yotam is the founder of a phenomenal company called Sierra, and they just raised a monster amount of $60 million from phenomenal investors all around the world. But besides that, what I am more excited about besides the company is Yotam's story by who he is. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal dude, super nice, super humble, and just an all-around A-plus guy that you could really ha- create a, have a barbecue with, sit in the backyard, drink a beer together, smoke a cigar, and just have a great time. So I am very excited to learn about his own personal journey, who he is, what gets him up in the morning, what inspires him, and how he shows up every single day to work as the man who he wants to be and to inspire his team members. So, Yatam, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm already blushed completely. I don't know where this is going to take us, but uh, we're starting <laughs> off on the right foot. <laughs> I'm as red as a tomato. So, <laughs> great, uh, great job so far.
0: Perfect. We accomplished our mission. Now we can shut this off. That's it. Done. (laughs) If only people were able to see your facial reaction right now, and they will see if they watch the video on YouTube. But otherwise, the people listening, you should just see Yotam's face is red as as a tomato. Yotam, I want to start off with this question. You are 90 years old. What would your 90-year-old self tell your 30-year-old self right now? I think
1: that he would tell me to take it all in stride. To remember that you have to live every moment like it's the only moment in life, but you have to remember that it's only a single page in the book, right? And hopefully, God bless, the book will be long. You'll get to write many pages. You have to feel in each moment like it's the only moment in reality, but always remember that the story is much bigger than what you're doing right now and what you're experiencing right now. That this is only just uh, a little uh, drop in the in the huge pond of water that is your personal life and the life of all of us in, on this planet.
0: Wow, that that is so empowering. Because a lot of times, you know, from my the way I understood what you said is that you know we, we we try to live in the moment, but we don't live in the moment, and we make problems bigger than they actually are or think they are. And we feel like, you know, especially now in the 21st century, in 2022, with hustle culture and every young kid wanted to be an entrepreneur, we feel like we need to be a millionaire yesterday. And not realizing that it really, like you said, you have to fill up the pages. You have to take everything in stride. So how are you living like that today?
1: I think that for me, personally, it's about remembering what you're doing uh, right now for today what you're doing for tomorrow and for 10 years from now and for 50 years from now. So it's very easy, especially as entrepreneurs, to get swallowed in the reality of your company, the reality of your uh, work. Uh, it's It's very inviting. You can easily get consumed by it and forget about everything else. And I think that the trick is how to be completely dedicated, 100%, 150%, 200%, but at the same time, remember where you come from and where you're going, the people that brought you to where you are and the people that would be with you long after what you've built will be obsolete and replaced by new technology and new companies. And and I think that it's a constant awareness uh, challenge. To be aware at the same time as you're doing something with all of your energy, with everything that you've got, trying to bring every inch of capability that you have to, to your work and to your creation, and remembering that it's only a small part of the greater story of your life. And if you don't take care of the other parts well, you might regret that.
0: It's so important. So then how are you doing that with Sierra right now? All over the news, raised $60 million, coming out of stealth finally, which we've all been waiting months for. How do you prioritize, I guess, and what's your framework for prioritization in order to make sure that you're focusing and you're dedicated to scaling the company for absolute success?
1: So I think that for the company, it's a lot about focus. In every position, and in my position personally, there are a lot of things happening, a company especially one that's going very fast, is full of action. And there are so many things you can touch and things you can be a part of and things you can influence. And even you might even have a good influence on them. But I think that the trick for me is is choosing where to be and where not to be. Where I have someone that I trust that is taking care of it, that is overseeing that process or that relationship, and I feel that it's in good hands, and where I feel that there's a gap or there's a place that I need to be present in order to, to make it successful or to make it more successful, and constantly prioritize strategically where you're putting your efforts, and tactically. Sometimes I would uh, go on a customer call, and I see that there are a lot of people from the company there. I'm okay. okay, bye-bye. I'm going... <laughs> Walk your magic. I'm not required here. I can, I can do something else that might be, might be beneficial to the company in the next uh, 30 or 60 minutes. And, but at the same time, make yourself available. Make yourself dynamic. Make sure that you tune to the ground internally in the company and outside with the, the customers, the partners, that you're always listening to where there's a need, to where something is, uh, is not, more, not flowing like it should, not moving at the pace it should. And be able to come in very gently uh, without uh, taking over, first by asking, then by saying, okay, maybe there's, there's something that we can do differently. Maybe we weren't clear with the customers about how we see the process, what the timeline that we want to walk in is, and, and try, to, try to influence it, uh, to touch it a bit and to, to make it a little uh, smoother. For for everyone involved, that's for things that are happening. And many times, eh, as as a founder eh, and as a CEO, it's about the things that are not yet existing in the company, right? Much of what I'm worried about is in our future, not in our present. And I have to to spend some time learning what's waiting around the corner and what's waiting a few steps ahead. And how do we? And what do we need to do now in order to be prepared for it? and to make sure that we have the foundations and the relationships and everything else required in order to succeed not only today, this morning, but also in, uh, in the next ones.
0: A lot of it, I guess, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it not future worrying, but like focusing on, on you know where you obviously wanted to go and try to bring it into reality. But h- how did you make your way into entrepreneurship to begin with?
1: I think that for me personally, entrepreneurship uh, was the default. In many, in many regards, I I never really, I've never really had a thought about not doing it uh, when I grew up, when I was, I think, probably 14 years old, uh, my parents told me, you're spoiled, go get a job. You need to start working. So I tried all of the, uh, the regular jobs and I didn't like them. They weren't very effective. <laughs> I wasn't making a lot of money. <laughs> I wasn't doing something that I liked too much. Yeah, I, I felt like I, I had very little influence uh, to that. And so I started my first business and I saw that it's great. Like uh, I can do things that I love, I can bring my passions to the world. And it, it's so, like, I get an, an opportunity to touch more people, to influence more uh, people. I get an opportunity to be, to get more pride and more joy and more satisfaction from what I do. And I'm also making more money. So <laughs> it, it made sense uh, at the age of uh, 14 and it makes sense today doing it. I feel that the opportunity to build a company like Sayera, with the people that I'm doing it with, with Tamar, my co-founder, with the leadership team, with every employee in the company, with the investors, with the customers, it's the greatest ride I could have asked for. I'm learning all the time, I'm working with amazing people with so much experience and so much passion for what they're doing. And I feel that we get the opportunity to test our capabilities as a group at the highest level uh, that the world uh, provides. And that's very exciting. I wasn't a professional uh, basketball player or wasn't a professional judoka, but uh, I feel that in this aspect, I'm, I'm playing in the professional field, very ambitiously. We hope to play the professional field and to achieve the, the greatest level of achievement in this, uh, this space.
0: Uh, wow, uh, amazing. I mean, just from the, also from the caliber of investors you've been able to attract and the amount of money, you can really see that you really are playing in, in the professional field and with the, the, the Olympics. But you know, running a business at age of 14 is very different than running a business now. And your age, which is not so far away, you know, if you think about it, it's not so not not such a big uh, age gap. But you uh, had to essentially. I, w- I would like to know how do you think about bringing on your first employers, bringing on your first beta partners in in this era.
1: So I think for us at Sierra, our personal story, which is tied very intimately to Cyberstarts, Cyberstarts were seed investors played a major role in the way that the company kicked off. The focus for us wasn't on getting better customers. It was on understanding the problem. Our focus as Israeli entrepreneurs specifically coming from an engineering background and not from the corporate side, not from the enterprise side, not from experiencing the enterprise pain personally. We had a, a lot of experience with the pain of securing data in the cloud which is the pain that we're dealing with. But it came from a very different uh, organization and a very different uh, environment. And what we did together with Cyberstarts was to get into the mind and into the shoes of uh, the CISOs, our customers, the enterprises, our customers, and get the best understanding of the problem that they're experiencing, how they see it, how they are feeling it. Why is it difficult for them to deal with it? What are they going to gain from dealing with it? Why are the current solutions in the market not solving it for them? What are they looking for uh, that they, they they don't get today? And once we understood that in a very deep and intimate way, then the, the market traction, I would almost say that it it came on its own, right? Because when you can explain to a to a person, their problem, and they feel that you put it in better words than they could ever, it's very easy for them to to put their trust in you and say, hey, if you understand that and you think you can solve it, I want to be a part of it. I want to see what what you can do. I want to see what your product can do for us. And I'm willing to take a chance on you. Every partnership with an early stage startup is taking a chance on them. It's taking a chance on the people, on the team, on their motivation, on their energy. It's, it's early stage. But I think that for us, the market traction came from a crisp understanding of the, the problem and how the customers are experiencing it.
0: Okay. I love how you just say crisp. Could you say the word crisp again? I love how you said it. <laughs> but well,
1: <laughs> When I lived in the States, I lived in Boston as a kid. And everyone told me that if I keep my Israeli accent, the girls would love it when I grow up. So I, I didn't stay long enough to, to, to check it out, but I kept the accent. So forgive my accent. <laughs> but, well, what,
0: what was the, the, the beta version of your product? What would you go build? So once you obviously had that you know, clear, crisp clarification of what the issues CISOs were, going, were, were experiencing, what did you do, go and build? Because I don't assume you went ahead and built technology right away to test your hypothesis if this would work.
1: Right, so the, the better version, I think, of what you mean by that. For us, I think very similarly to many other heavy technology, IT, enterprise, and software companies, is a demo, right? At the end of the day, you show the customer, Hey, let's say that this is the product. Let's say that I can do this for you. Is this something that you would like to buy? Is this something that would be valuable for your organization that would really change something for you? And if the answer is consistently yes, then you go out and build it. In reality, in the modern reality, in today's reality, everything is moving very, very fast. It's no longer uh, the same way we don't develop software in the waterfall uh, mode anymore. We do it agile. The same is true for startups, right? So it's something that you do on the fly all the time. You run with a demo that's a few steps ahead of the the current product. And then you you build the product accordingly. You learn what the customers are reacting to uh, in a more uh, dramatic way. And you focus on that. I think that's... Today is uh, lean startup mode. Some of the answers, even the customers don't know until they see them. Right? Many times, uh, when you're building something that's new, something they didn't have before, you have to show them something in order for them to say, "Yes, that's what I meant. That's what I wanted." So that's the that's the process that we went through, but it was very very quick. The the pace. It's all about the pace, the ability to iterate in a day. If it takes too much time, the customers lose interest. It, it, today is it's twenty twenty two, right? It's uh, time is very very precious. Nobody is going to watch this podcast uh, in its uh, in its full uh, length. That's just not the reality today. People don't have, people treat time differently, and it's okay. And you need to to adapt to that, embrace it. And find a way to, to provide your value in a manner that's appropriate to that.
0: I, I like that. And there's two points you mentioned there, is that when you get that clear, when their face lights up, you know, talking about it, and they're like, wow, like, you know, almost where's this been? And you know, you have that, you know, almost you have that, the, that customer, You're like, okay, here's an LOI, go ahead and sign it right away. And then you reiterate and react quickly, like you said over there, you got to be very quick strike when the iron is hot don't wait you know until you come back in two months when you have a demo no no send that document today get it signed and then you have to figure out the next thing okay how can i get an action some type of working model to them very quickly so it's, it's incredible and to see, to see the growth that you had from there to now is, is something amazing so like i'd love to know what is like something that you believe that is helping you continue to grow to, to scale the scale so fast
1: I think that uh, our ability to scale fast, and we can talk about it in different aspects, right? One aspect is sales, the go-to-market customers. Another aspect is employees, people who have joined this journey, who have uh, jumped on board, you know, putting the most of their time and energy into this company, into this project together. And I think that each of them might be a bit different, but some of the things that are common to both aspects, knowing what you are, what are your core values and knowing what you're not as a product and as a a company. (laughs) And I think that for us, we were very lucky in the beginning with the the people that joined on board and how dedicated they were to build the company together. And the culture, the initial culture created itself and after it was uh, created somewhat organically, we chose to, to cherish it. we chose to say, Hey, this is who we are as an employer. This is who we are as a company. This is what's going to be great about working here. And these are the things that might not be uh, so great about working here or might be, they might work for you personally, they might not work for other people. And once you know who you are and who you're not then it's not so hard to be consistent. And you can share that with people who are interested, for example, in working in the company. You don't have to wait until you've gone through a five interview process to tell them, Hey, listen, this is who we are. <laughs> this is what's going, this is what you're going to get here. And these are the things that you're not going to get here. Does that sound interesting to you? Does that sound relevant for you? Would you like to go on this journey with us to see if there's a fit? If the answer is yes. Great. But if not, you can know that now. You don't have to waste our time and your time uh, going through it. I think that that is something that is uh, present for us on both sides, both on uh, recruiting the greatest uh, talent and the greatest employees and knowing who we're looking for and what's important for us and the people that join, and also with our customers, knowing what we're going to solve for them. What are the problems that we're focused on? And we're going to be the best solution in the world for. And what are the problems that despite being quite close to us, we're not going to solve them for you. And we're not going to tell you that they're on the roadmap for 2023 because we're not going to solve them. We're focusing on that uh, specific problem. And we're going to, to solve it in a way that blows, blows your mind. It's going to be the best experience you ever got as a customer. Uh, but that's the one for us, and at and this time, there's no other one. And customers uh, make it hard. Uh, many times they make it hard. Employees, potential employees can also make it hard. They, they'll challenge uh, your principles, your values, your understanding of what your identity is. And I think that it's very important to create a sense of that that uh, propagates across the organization and that everyone who joins the organization uh, feels. If it's present, if it's strong, and if it's something that people talk about, and they feel like, hey, every candidate that uh, comes to our office, Tel Aviv, says, the vibe here is different. I feel it. I have been to many other companies. I understand that working
0: here is going to be different in this aspect. And it's, it's something that you have, to, you have to be true to. I liked the point you mentioned. Very interesting. You said that the culture came by a byproduct through the employees. I think that when we just started out and the first
1: uh, people joined on board, we knew who the people we wanted to join are. We didn't understand at that time that they would essentially create the, the core culture of the company. We realized that a bit later <laughs> after the group was already assembled and we started experiencing what's going on and people would come in, candidates, for example, or people from other companies, friends, and say, something's different about this place. Something's different about your vibe. It's not what we're experiencing in other places. And we weren't always aware because we were there, we weren't in other places, <laughs> so I think that that's something that we learned about ourselves quite early on, but not at the first day. First day, it was a lot of luck and a lot of uh, good choices.
0: It's amazing to see how you're able to see the, like, you know, the luck, the luck process, or the in this whole entire thing. But did you and Toma ever go and sit down and create the core values for the company? So I think that at the
1: stage that we're in, creating the core values of the company is not so much a declarative process as it is a process in reality. Mm-hmm. I feel that our core values are very present in the company. And that if you interview the, the employees randomly, they might use different words, but they'll talk about the same things, the same things that make up the experience of being part of this company and the same things that make up the experience of being part of this company and going out into the world. And working with customers and selling and building product. And what are we trying to to do at the simplest level for us, it's first and foremost about listening to the customers. We don't presume to understand better than the customers, what they need, what's hurting for them, how they would like to see a solution. We do have at this time, quite a vast perspective because we've spoken to hundreds. We're speaking to hundreds and we're taking those conversations extremely seriously, and we're taking notes and we're learning and we're comparing, and we're trying to understand what are the commonalities, what is is the customer saying because they're a regulated financial enterprise, and what are they saying because they're at that stage of their cloud journey? And what are they saying because they're collecting a lot of sensitive data about their customers, a lot of personal information and that changes the reality. What do they say because they're a European company, And what do they say because they're a US-based company? So we're we're learning from the customers, and we're trying to find the patterns. But always for us, it's about listening to the customers and making sure that we understand very well where they're coming from and why they're t- saying what they're saying before we try to to provide our solution and our answer. That's the the first value I think for for everyone here at Zheva.
0: Wow. You can really like, I guess you can really create that implement. I mean, you said it's already been implemented. And the fact that like, you know, we're not trying to come off and tell everybody, oh, we're Sierra. We're super smart. We have the answer to your problem. No, no. We're coming to you telling you, hey, we're Sierra and we're here to listen to you. And we're here to listen to what you have to provide us. So that way we can go and provide back to you. Interesting. You, You recently raised $60 million. I mean, Phenomenal, uh, phenomenal. You know, we you could, you could go on vacation with that money and uh, spend it a lot in Vegas and uh, almost in one, all in one night almost. But
1: it's not, it's not a personal raise, right? It's for the company. <laughs> no vacations <laughs> on that, uh, on that part, on those funds.
0: I have a friend that um, he also raised a, a very big round, a very, very big round. And we we're talking about it. And he told me that a friend, I have to tell you that after the news went out, they raised around. He got a lot of emails and calls from friends of his or other people, and even his mother. People thought it was his money. So people are calling, him, Hey, can I take a loan? Can I get some money? <laughs> not quite yet. Exactly. You know, so people don't understand that component. How did you raise um, so quickly? And maybe some tips for fundraising that process. I mean, Sierra is not even, is what? Maybe six months, seven months old, probably around there? A bit older, a bit older, not that young. Not that young, but not, not not that old, but you know with the validation that you've obviously been able to showcase and the the growth, you've been able to to raise this amount of money in order to further the growth and to, to eventually God willing be global all around the world and accomplish many, many things but what what are some some tips and advice you have for fundraising?
1: When we approach this uh, this round, there are two things that we we were focused about first is providing external validation to what we're doing and to its uh, validity or success. And that the the best way to do that is through paying customers. If people are willing to pay for this product at an early stage, that is a very strong validation to the importance and to uh, their trust that you are the right team to go all the way. That what you're providing now is valuable enough for them that they're willing to use their limited resources to enjoy it. And that they, they believe that it will only grow and as the years progress, as the month progress, that you'll be able to solve a huge problem for them. Especially when you think about CISOs today, security teams, they're suffering from a, a lot of noise and are too many tools out there for in the market. And it's very difficult to leverage so many specific tools. What was important for us in the ideation process, as well as as part of this uh, fundraising process, is to make sure that the problem we're solving is important enough, big enough, that the customers view it as one that deserves its own treatment. And I think that that was the first part for us, making sure that we can show in reality that the people are very interested in what we're doing, major organizations are very interested in what we're doing. How interested? Interested enough that they're willing to pay. Preferably pay uh, substantial sums. The second part is getting into their investor's head and understanding how they uh, view you as a company and how they view you as founders and trying to proactively answer their... Uh, their respective questions. They want to understand where this market is going. Tell them what you think is going to happen, why you think it's going to happen, what are the other things that might happen, and how you're going to deal with it, why you have a place in it. They want to understand how big this market is. Explain it to them. Don't make them walk and do the math for them. Do the run the hypothesis for them and don't run it in a way that makes the numbers look nice. Run it in a very pragmatic way, as if you, as if you were sitting in their, in their chair and you needed to make a decision, am I committing to run with this company for the next decade uh, together, side by side, through to good and bad, Like help them, help them make the, the decision. It, it, it's, it's also quite a productive process for the company internally, right? When you do it well. You learn about a lot about the company and about where you are and what are, what are the strategic challenges for the company? Like asking that from a potential investors viewpoint it tells you a lot about uh, your company and how and what you should be focused on. And I think that if you go through that exercise well and the answers uh, are attractive, then great investors will, will want to take part in this journey.
0: I I totally agree. I think another interesting standpoint from your fundraising process is actually the people that you fundraise from. Um, You have Doug from Sequoia, and you have another firm, which I got the name, which, you know, from my understanding, they've done previous Israeli investing, but this is one of the first ones I've seen in a while, I think, or actually this public that these two firms actually invested in Israeli cybersecurity startup here.
1: Sequoia and Excel are both unbelievable firms. And the the investors, Naglione and Filippo Terri, incredible investors and partners for this journey. And for us, choosing our partners, we were very privileged to be able to choose, was about that. We were looking for the best people to partner with. Investors have a very intimate relationship with the company and with the founders. These people are your coaches, your mentors. Your guide, your guardrails, they they do a lot of things for the company and a lot of things for the, the leadership of the company. And choosing the right people, the right partners, makes all the difference. And it's a personal choice. You have to find people that you connect with, that you want to learn from, that you want to uh, get reflection from, that you would like to, to share your troubles with and think about how to solve them <laughs> uh, together it's a uh, it's a partnership in every in every aspect and every regard and i think that we were privileged to be able to partner with such amazing people with so much experience and we're eager to to, to continue this uh, journey together with them i i don't believe that I think that the cybersecurity scene in israel is drawing a lot of VC attention in general but it is hard uh, for uh for investors that aren't specialized to choose the right companies to partner with and the right founders to partner with, we take it as a big uh, pat on the back that we were able to, to partner with such amazing people.
0: And we're going to
1: make sure that they uh, made the right decision.
0: It's amazing. So then what is next for Sierra?
1: Sierra is on a long journey. And this is uh, only the, the earliest of chapters for us. I'm not even sure if it's chapter one or still chapter zero for the for the company but we're on a long journey to build a massive company that will deal with the challenge of securing data in the cloud thoroughly comprehensively and in a way that is very 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 attractive for the customers to to adapt to adopt our goal is to enable organizations to to adopt cloud to use their data to energize their business, and to do it in a way that keeps uh, the sensitive information that they're responsible for, whether it's our uh, personal information as consumers or customers, or whether it's their intellectual property, their trade secrets, to keep it safe uh, while using the the best and most cutting-edge technologies. I feel that that's a, that's a privilege that we have to be doing something that we feel that is taking society forward and helping uh, organizations innovate, but do it in a way that is uh, safe and responsible, that they can be accountable to their uh, stakeholders and say, hey, we're, we're moving as fast as can be to create the most value for our customers, but we're, we're keeping our, our data safe at all times. We know what we're doing. We, we're keeping track of it. We know that we, we're making sure that it's secure at all times and at all places. And, and the two don't have to conflict. That's our, uh, that's our job in this in the greater story.
0: And it's like always making sure they mention, like, you know, you're not even sure if it's day one yet. So always constantly being a, like a, a day zero, you know, knowing that God forbid everything could flop, but also don't get too comfortable. Don't get too complacent that you reached one milestone. I'm mean, Obviously celebrate the small milestones, but make sure to keep on realizing that. So what do we tell a young Yotam, which was a few years ago, leaving university for the first time, twenty one, twenty two, and he has anything he can do in front of him. anything he could go down, he could go down any path. What message would you like to depart to him?
1: I think uh, I think that the the young Yotam was not a, was not aware of what the ninety year old one said. I think that when I was younger. I lived, it, I lived every moment like it's the only moment, but I did not have the ability to put that moment in context uh, of the greater story or the greater scheme of things. And that made me extremely passionate and extremely energetic, but also a bit crazy. I think that was my greatest challenge in my early 20s. I'm glad that uh, I'm in a better place now in my, <laughs> in my early 30s, but, uh, but that was a, a huge challenge for me. And what would I tell that? Uh, what would I tell that uh, younger self? And tell him to to enjoy and appreciate his reality at the time. I think that for me, uh, when I was younger, I many times I felt caged in. I felt like the the organizations I was working in and the, the things I was doing were limiting my capabilities or my scope and. I wanted to do more, and I wanted to create more, and I wanted to to reach out in many aspects. I think that the patience that I was able to gather paid off, but at the same time, uh, I think that it would have been very reassuring for that uh, earlier version to know that the that the time when when you will be able to to take your capabilities to the max is not far away, that you don't have to be patient for long. You need to be patient just now because you need to build the fundamentals and you need to, to make sure that you're coming with the right experience, that you're mature, mature enough and, uh, and polished enough to be able to handle uh, the bigger waves. But they're coming and you're going to ride them and it's going to be a wild ride.
0: I, I love that. I love that. And hearing the what your 90-year-old self would tell you now and what you, you know your younger self and being able to tie it all together. Yotam, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this, and I know plenty of people are going to benefit. But it's fat as saying, I'm here for Sierra's journey. I'm here for your journey, for your family, Any way I could possibly be of help. Always here, and I know you're going to do, do accomplish incredible things. And I know you, you guys are going, you and Tom are going to are going to do incredible, incredible stuff. And this company is going to go major, major places. So I want to wish you a lot of success, and thank you for really taking the time to sharing your wisdom and advice and your experience so far, so that all of us can learn from it. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Ephraim. Appreciate your time and uh, this interview a lot. I'm a bit shy about this, but uh, thank you for uh, throwing me into the deep waters and walking me through it uh, to the other
0: side. Appreciate it a lot. You're welcome. You're you're absolutely amazing. Thank you, Ephraim. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with your time, and you learned something that you're able to apply to your personal professional life today. Now, like I mentioned in the beginning, May 23rd. 6.30 p.m. in Tel Aviv, location, location to be announced, we'll be having an event called Cyber Night with an incredible panel of cyber founders. So come, come out, come network with your peers. It's going to be an amazing, amazing night. Now, if you did enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And if you have a friend that could benefit, please forward it to them too. Thank you and have a great week.